0: Hey guys, it's Jackie, founder of All Mama Care, and Mama to a Super Kid. When my son was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia at 21 months old, not only did I feel my world was ending, but I was alone and scared. I made it my job to get my hands on every resource possible to become educated about his diagnosis. And I didn't know how I was gonna do it, but I was determined to become empowered and do everything possible to help my baby and my family thrive. Along the way, I've had the pleasure of connecting with some wonderful organizations and meeting some of the most caring and authentic people. This podcast is dedicated to supporting parents and families while their child is going through cancer treatment and beyond. I share with you all the resources that have played a major factor during this time in my family's life, and I'm so glad you're here with me. And now, let's get this episode started. After
1: induction, um, I noticed that she did not want to walk up and we have stairs in our house and she did not want to walk up, up and down the stairs. She wanted to be carried everywhere. And yes, 100% the steroids kind of did what they were supposed to, right? They really weakened the muscles, they weakened joints. And so I actually asked for a referral for physical therapy from our oncologist and we didn't do that much. PT, we did about 12 visits, but I got enough in where I could then kind of carry over at home. Um, Another thing I noticed is her core muscles were starting to get weak. She was slouching when she was sitting, she was laying down a lot. She didn't want to engage her muscles all that much.
0: Grateful to have met some amazing momcologists during my son's treatment. My next guest is Adit Kashishian, fellow momcologist and an occupational therapist. We've known each other for the last year and a half. I was so happy when the stars aligned and she joined me on the podcast to talk about her amazing daughter, Emma, and how she was able to help her through some of the toughest times during her treatment for leukemia. With over 10 years of experience as an occupational therapist, Adit founded her company Achieving Milestones not too long ago. In this episode, Edith shares with us Emma's story and all the amazing things that OT can do to help children during treatment. We talk about the many side effects of chemotherapy that our children had to take, and we take a deep dive into the multiple facets of OT. So settle in as we unpack the multitude of ways to help your child during treatment. We touch upon everything from sensory play to ways to strengthen muscles, increase your child's gross motor skills, those are the large muscles, and their fine motor skills, the smaller muscles, and strengthen their vision. We even get a celebrity appearance from Emma as she drops in for a bit to say hi and show me her missing teeth and her wiggly tooth. Welcome back to the All Mommy Care Podcast. Tonight, I have a dear friend. And I say that Adi is a dear friend because we have known each other, I think it's been almost like a year and a half now mm-hmm. that we've been talking. And we kind of met over Instagram. So I want to give a warm welcome to Adi. And I know I'm going to butcher it, and you just coached me on how to say <laughs> your last name. But Yi Shen. Did I say that right? Okay. <laughs> so, Adi, I'm so happy that you're here, that, you know, you've carved out some time in your very busy schedule to be able to come on the All-Mama Care podcast and really share your story about your daughter, your family, and most importantly, your business, Achieving Milestones Therapy. So um, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm so happy. I know you helped me out a lot and oh, especially great. in the beginning. And I actually just kind of, um, I came upon your podcast on, uh, on one of the Facebook groups, like the ALL Facebook group, somebody yeah. had recommended it. And that's oh. how I found your Instagram page. And that's how I found your podcast. Oh, Yeah. <clears throat> And just one thing, and like I know I'll never forget this day, like, I think it was as she was finishing maintenance, I'm sorry, as she was finishing, like the intense, intense part of treatment, like the, I think it was like the seventh or eighth month, Yeah. Um, I was getting my nails done. And I was listening to your podcast at the same time. And I started crying. And it was the one and it was like a good cry. But it yeah. was like, I think that needed to just be released. It was the one about self care. Oh. And because, you know, as moms, we always feel guilty about doing things, being away, taking time away to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think I had there was so much built up anxiety and so much built up stress that I had just kind of taken that hour to go get my nails done. And at the same time listening and I was crying and the technicians that I have are the same ladies that I see once a month. So like they know me and they're like, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm good. I just needed like a cry, you know? And so just in, I like, I'll never forget that. And I think that was such a good turning point for me to kind of realize that, you know, I shouldn't feel guilty. Like I need to take care of myself because then I come back, with a clear head and I'm able to be a better mom and a better better caretaker um, when I do take care of myself so yeah you know, that was important so I know you're helping so many mommies out there and families oh. in
0: general so oh keep, my god that just like made my doing. day <laughs> <laughs> thank you i know and like that self-care thing i was just like struggling with it myself and so I I put that out there because like this is a reminder for me to do it mm-hmm. it's so easy to get in the funnel and not think for a sec and today I was like darn it I'm gonna do a workout with both kids I saw that that, and, that was <laughs> and like I like put out the yoga mats and like Ollie was like pretending he was in a boat I'm like I don't need a yoga mat. I could do it on the on the carpet. <laughs> there you go. You know, I always watch Denise's. I uh, oh, like she. I posts love her. her. She
1: works out every day, I right? She's got the baby running around. Oh, she's got the other one moving around, and she's just like, "Focus, go, go, go!" And I was like, "Oh, I, I just want to do that."
0: And I, I love her. I haven't prioritized working out yet. Like other things oh. have come before, but yeah, yeah. There will be a time. There will be a time. I, I hope sooner yeah. than
1: later.
0: Yes, definitely. I've always had it kind of in
1: the back of my mind that I would have loved to like sit down and chat with you. And so this is such a nice opportunity to share um, a little bit about what I do. And, um, you know, being a momcologist, I guess you can call it um, how I was able to kind of help my daughter through some of the struggles initially with strength and um, chemo side effects uh, because I was in the field I was able to notice it early on and kind of reach out to get help and um, I did a lot of activities with her initially to continue getting her stronger and making sure that she doesn't kind of get to a point where we're gonna have to start all over again it's mm-hmm. kind of build from the bottom back up again so um, yeah I mean I'll I guess I'll start out with um, my, daughter story. Uh, my daughter's story. My daughter's name is Emma. She was diagnosed with ALL um, on August 8 2019. So two weeks after her fourth birthday. And you know, her really only symptom was bruising. That's the only thing we noticed. And she had just some gnarly bruises on her arms that were not going away, like they weren't changing color or anything. And that was like the first kind of red flag. And then they started showing up on her legs, kind of crawling up towards her thighs and little really tiny, small bruises. And, you know, it's this weird feeling I had that it, I, I kind of knew it was leukemia. Um, this might sound t- totally bizarre. But when I was a teenager, I used to read these, it was like a teenage series. And one one or two of the books that I read, it was about these teenage girls that had leukemia and bruising was one of the first signs. And so for some reason, this has stuck with me. And so when I saw these bruises wow. on her body, it was like it triggered mm-hmm. that memory. And so anyway, so we made a sick visit with her pediatrician, and um, they did blood work right away. And they called us within two hours. And he said, um, you know, I think it's leukemia. Um, I've already called Children's Hospital and they're waiting for you. I've spoken with the hematologist there and they've looked at her labs and they're waiting for you in the ER. And that was that. I mean, we drove over, they did labs again and confirmed it was ALL or they confirmed it was leukemia and we started chemo the following day. And I mean, you know, um, from the beginning, we've just... (laughs) I, my personality is, just, I'm just a very positive person. I always have—I always look for the silver lining. I always look for the, uh, I always think positively and think of the positive outcomes. So um, I think that's what kind of carried us through this entire process. Um, sh- have we had low lows? Yes, 100%. Um, she's in maintenance now. Our end of treatment is october 11th 2021 i'm not going to say if i'm going to say it is because Mm -hmm. that's just the way i talk and Mm -hmm. the way i think so we've got about a couple more months left she'll get her port removed on august 27th and so i mean kind of this is where we're at you know and um she's had i i you know i think we've had it i i hate to say this but like we've we've had it i guess easier than some families where we've had um, side effects like she had an anaphylactic reaction to peg with her second dose. And so that had to be stopped right away. And so we had she had to get a different one for, you know, twice a week for several weeks. Um, We've had some side effects with weakness, we've had um, uh, pain, like back pain after LPs, headaches, things like that, you know, but overall, she's just been We've, you know, treated her like another, a a typical toddler. She's in kindergarten now. She goes to school five days a week, full time. Um, We travel, we see friends, we see family, we take precautions, absolutely. And we always um, follow our oncologists, you know, advice. If if we're ever going to go anywhere, I pass it by them first. We always do blood work to make sure her counts are good and things like that. So I mean, that's kind of our story. And then amidst all this, I started my own pediatric therapy company. It was actually myself and and another uh, fellow OT, a friend of mine. Um, I've been a pediatric um, uh, occupational therapist for going on 10 years this year. Wow. And so um, I worked in uh, outpatient pediatric clinics. And once after I had my son, um, who actually just turned two, I realized that I couldn't do the nine to five. Like I couldn't be in a clinic. I had to have more flexibility. And so when this opportunity kind of arose to start my own practice, I kind of just ran with it. And so it's been great. You know, I do, um, I see my clients in their own home. Um, We are contracted with our, our local regional center. So we see, we do early intervention for kids birth to three years old through the regional center. And then we have private clients. Um, my oldest client right now is, I think, seven. So um, it's great. I love what I do. Um, I I love working towards a goal and getting to it. And then I actually have this pretty awesome story. <laughs> um, earlier this year, I got I I, I got a referral for a, a kiddo who was five, um, and he was a micropremi, So he was born in less than 30 weeks. Oh my gosh. So, um so he was uh, in the NICU for the first several months of his life. And so he had a G2 placed while he was in the NICU. And so he's had his g his pretty much his entire life. And um, I started working with him. And within several months, I didn't even take that long. He was, he's eating by mouth pretty much everything that's given to him. And they just removed his G-tube right before his sixth birthday. Wow! And, you know, I told my husband, I said, if I don't meet any other goals this year, I've done my job. Like I feel, I mean, I I feel so humbled and so happy to have been able to work with this family and give them, I really didn't do much, to be honest. I kind of just educated the family to kind of push them and give them the the um the courage to to push the little kiddo out of his boundaries a little bit in his safe zone and 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 now he's where he's at and so it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> yes
0: i do i do love what you're i do you're good at what you do which is why i'm so happy to have you on <laughs> and we're going to start talking about um pediatric occupational therapy in the world of oncology hematology and I would love if you could just kind of share with us, you know, you don't have to go in too much detail, but like, what are some of the things that like Emma struggled with? Cause obviously like Ollie struggled with walking and um, we talked before, you know, we started recording just like about some of the things, you know, with his fine motor skills. um, Mm -hmm. Those are things that we're trying to build back up. But um, if we can kind of talk about like high level, what are some like struggles or some things that you've noticed where she needed a little bit more kind of pep in her step? Yeah. Um, that would sure. be really helpful. After induction, um,
1: I noticed that she did not want to walk up and we have stairs in our house and she did not want to walk up, up and down the stairs. She wanted to be carried everywhere. Um, and yes, 100% the steroids, kind of did what they were supposed to right? they really weakened the muscles they weakened joints and so um I actually asked for a referral for physical therapy from our oncologist um and we didn't do that much PT we did about 12 visits but I got enough in where I could then kind of carry over at home um another thing I noticed is her core muscles um were starting to get weak. She was slouching when she was sitting. Um, she was laying down a lot. She didn't want to engage her muscles all that much. So what I did was I bought like a big kind of exercise ball. And even with my families that I see right now, when I give them a, a, a home exercise program, I don't. Sure, I ideally I'd like them to do it every day, three times a day, but that's not realistic. So. Mm-hmm. We kind of did it maybe every other day whenever we had a chance and I would have her sit on the ball and we would bounce up and down or I would have her do sit-ups on the ball, like reaching for a puzzle piece behind her and sitting up and placing- As I'm taking notes. (laughs)
0: Yeah, please take notes. Because I have my exercise ball and Ollie loves it. He always takes it out and I'm like, okay, keep going.
1: I'll I'll send you videos of what I do with Emma so you can kind of replicate it with Ollie.
0: That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that would be great.
1: So, you know, and I was as I was explaining to Mm -hmm. you, um, before we started recording, we when we think about strengthening, we always have to think about strengthening the big muscles first, if the big muscles are not strong, the little muscles, which are in our hands or fine, which then control our fine motor skills and motor planning and all that stuff or our motor skills in our hands. um, That's not going to happen. It's just going to be so much more difficult. So if you notice your child's core, which is like there's their their stomach area, their back, lower back area, if those muscles are weak, they're not going to want to color, they're not going to want to cut, they're not going to want to write, because it takes too much effort to stabilize their core muscles, they don't even want to worry about their fine motor muscles, right? Their, Their fine muscles the small ones. So really working on their core. So an exercise ball is great. Swinging on like a frog swing, an open swing where they don't have any support behind them. So they have to really engage their core doing sliding down a slide sitting up because again, they have to engage their core to stay upright Um, using the scooter board. Scooter boards are always fun going on their belly, using their hands to kind of propel themselves forward. Oh, is the scooter board, like the square. Yes. Like the square like scooter board. Yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. I have one in my car. Like I take that with me with my oh. clients. Um, and I'll, I can send you links on Amazon to anything. Yeah. did, or, you know, you can direct them to my business page yeah. and I'll post ideas on there too. Um, so yeah, I'm working on the core and then, and then as we were saying, any type of weight bearing on the arms. So again, with the scooter board, you can do it with that. You can crawl, you can go on the big exercise ball on your belly, and then kind of put your hands down on the floor and do a puzzle in front of you in front of him right there. Mm -hmm. Um, so working from the big muscles to the small muscles, and then with the fine motor skills, um, depending on ho- how old the child is, like if they're under five, um, instead of sitting down and uh, coloring at a table, have them stand up on at an easel um, because when they're putting their wrist up against the board, it's giving them that support. Uh-huh. Um, and it'll help them uh, hold the utensil or the writing utensil so much more in a more appropriate manner, Mm -hmm. versus if they're sitting at a table, and they have to kind of manage their entire arm. And standing up, they're using more uh, core muscles and core strength. So they're almost, they're doing double duty without even really thinking about it. Um, And with the younger kids, you always want to try to kill two birds with one stone. If you can get them to do two, if you can get them to work on two different muscles with one activity. Yes. You know, cause that's just gonna, mm-hmm. that's going to make them, um, not work as hard in the sense that they're not sitting for a long period of time doing an activity. Um, and at the end of the day, like you don't have a lot of time throughout the day anyway, cause you're busy with so many other things so yeah. that if you can commit to 15 mm-hmm. minutes and doing, you know, several working on several um, muscles with one activity, then
0: yeah, I would suggest. Why not? What would be, so you had said like, okay, standing and then working on an easel. And Mm. then what if my, like Ollie, I'm teaching him how to actually hold a fat marker. So you gave me a tip, me, you gave me a tip to say, you know, make sure that you're using the fatter marker, the fatter pencil, the fatter crayon, because his fine motor skills, it's hard to wrap his fingers around something that's really skinny. So um, what other like little accommodations could so you can always use, um, you can always use, so I always suggest shorter
1: versus longer, because, you know, somebody explained this to me when I first started in OT school, they said, you know, think about you holding a broom. That's kind of how it is for a little child holding a long pencil because their hands are so small and their muscles are so weak, you know, they can't manage it. So I always do like the pipsqueak markers by Crayola, they have the skinny ones and the thick ones, the short ones, Um, you can always use golf pencils. And when because they're short, they don't have enough surface area for them to hold it fisted. They mm. have to almost get get it into uh, to their fingertips. And that'll eventually then go to that tripod grasp that we wow. ideally want. Um, and if, you know, those don't work, there are always pencil grips that you can put on the pencil to help them guide their fingers on where to hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to uh, forget the pencil and the crayon and all that stuff. Like do Play-Doh get those muscles stronger, make little tiny balls with the Play-Doh, you had seen the rubber band idea, you know, because at the end of the day, it comes to strength, if their hands are and their their fingers aren't strong enough, they're not gonna want to hold any type of writing utensil. So you got to kind of back it up a little bit and work on that strengthening and making it fun. Um, Besides Play-Doh, the other thing that I usually use with my kiddos is a therapy putty, Mm-hmm. And therapy putty um, comes with, uh, in different re- with different resistance, depending on the color you get. Mm-hmm. And I always hide um, little pony beads in there, little beads with the holes in it. Yeah. And have the kid look for the pony beads because they're using okay. their fingers and their thumb and squeezing it. So
0: it's working all of those little muscles in their hands. Could I also, I mean, I have a bunch of play- Play-Doh and I have some of his leftover bravery beads because I, yes. I myself yes. bought yes. some pony beads because I was like, okay, if he's taking a six MP, I'm going to give him a bead for that.
1: Yes. So I have
0: some extra. So I could tomorrow when we do school, I'll just take some Play-Doh and then hide some beads in it. Because to be honest, it all Ollie's always saying, mama, you roll it, you roll it into a ball. Because it's so too like, hard. I'm like, no, come on, you got to do it, but he doesn't want to do it. So if I had so dinosaurs-
1: hand, hand,
0: do hand over hand. So what I do is
1: I take my client's kiddo, kiddos hand, for example, and I put his hands together and okay. then I kind of show him how to move his- their hand. You know what I mean? So um, he might not know how to do it. Like he might watch you, but not know how to motor plan yeah. to the ball or he his hands are still just weak. And like you said, he's got a lot of edema in his hands, his hands are swollen. So that not it it might be painful for him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So great
0: tips. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so easy to do too. Oh,
1: 100%. Yeah. And then as his hands get stronger, the Play-Doh might not be resistive enough. So then you would have to do putty or some other some other um, foamy thing not foam because foam will be easy but putty would be the next thing to give him more
0: That's a great idea. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I'm just thinking, and like these are all things that you can do when you're in the hospital too. So if kids, you know, have a long stay in the hospital, Play-Doh's really easy. It's, you know, easy to clean up. You can put it right on that little tray in the hospital. Um, and the kids, you know, they can even be lying down if if they are having a tough time sitting up. They can still be lying down playing with Play-Doh yeah. or stress ball or something to get the older kids. Um, yeah. Those are all wonderful tips. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. I'm glad we're recording this because I'm obviously going to go back and take them. <laughs> yeah, you so can cool. always message me with any questions. Like if it's a
1: specific <sighs> question related to your kiddo, I will be happy to answer it and, you know, send you ideas. I mean, this is to the listeners. Yeah, uh, I will be
0: As happy. I'm saying, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah this is so wonderful. and so with achieving milestones therapy, you have on your instagram page and you also have um do you have a dedicated website yet or are you working no, it? no
1: we oh, cool. yeah. that's in the works
0: it's so Instagram is where all your videos are all your tips are um, yes. yeah. and can you kind of just take us through like we were talking about, Kind of the different like buckets to uh, therapy that you have, um, sensory bins and yes. like, can you kind of walk us through those? Sure. If um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I could look up my
1: phone real quick to see which ones it is. So sensory. So actually, that's an that's a great one that you brought up because a lot of times. Um, kiddos in treatment kind of face sensory issues as well, right? Um, They become hypersensitive to, I know Emma became hypersensitive to smells. She couldn't tolerate a lot of smells. Um, She became hypersensitive to touch even. A lot of times we couldn't touch her because it was too much for her to handle. So depending on how severe the side effect is and how severe the symptoms are, um, sensory bins are a great way to desensitize the skin and desensitize to touch so that they can tolerate touch better. You can use different things in a sensory bin. Like I typically do uh, beans. You could do popcorn kernels. Um, You can do sand. Kinetic sand is a great one. And then hiding things inside and having your child find them. Um, That also works on the kinesthetic feel. So having them kind of, you say, hey, can you find the key? And then having them feel for it. Instead of using their eyes, they're using their hands. So they're, they're engaging their Their sensory in their hands, right? Their their skin, and their touch to to look for this key, and recognize that it's a key. Um, So sensory burns are great, and then sometimes uh, a lot of kids get they can't tolerate certain textures, so wet textures, gooey textures, mushy textures, and then this then translates to food. Then they don't want to eat these textures that are mushy and gooey
0: so what happens is or they in our case they only want to eat something that's soft soft yeah easy to eat you
1: know what else that could be for ollie as well is the strength yeah too much for him to chew it takes too much for to chew yeah so then he doesn't want to do it
0: which is so weird because my husband and i were kind of backtracking like when he wasn't induction he only wanted these like organic puff baby puffs which were super crunchy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then and then like throughout the majority of his treatment he only wanted mac and cheese and bread (laughs) which were wicked mushy and now he will eat pirate's booty so we're back to the crunchy okay and like peanut butter and some eggs and cheese. you know i wonder do you know did you notice that it was during vin christine
1: um doses that he would avoid the crunchy because I
0: wonder if it was causing him jaw could be jaw pain you know honestly like and it was so hard because he was so young yeah like the communication honestly he didn't start talking until he was like two two and a half Yeah. yeah so so that was really tough um and of course like you know it just those critical years of like trying new foods, Mm -hmm. everything was deterred because of treatment. And we were talking prior to recording that, you know, it's as a parent, we just want to see our child eating and making sure that they have energy and strength to get through these treatments. And we were really lucky. Like there was never really a time where, you know, I don't know if Emma experienced this, but like where there was never really a time where he was like, I don't want, I don't want to eat anything. Like there was always something like either bread or like, bread and jelly or waffles or something, you know, peanut butter. He would <laughs> eat like scoopy yeah, peanut butter. Great. Oh. Right. I can't get Emma to eat peanut butter for the life of me. I've tried several ways. She will not do it. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it is funny, like and every child is different as they go through treatment mm-hmm. and um how, how they respond to, you know, the chemotherapy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so it's wonderful that you're giving us so many tips in terms of like you know here's something to try and if this doesn't work try something else or um you know anybody that's listening feel free to message adi and say like hey like i need some help i have this one issue and i don't know how to get over this hurdle um i'm sleep deprived I'm, I'm wicked tired. I need to shower. And like, I need somebody to help me right now because nobody's helping me.
1: Uh, yeah, and, you know, and something we didn't touch on, I know we touched on a lot about fine motor and gross motor activities. But we know we have to take into consideration the activities of daily living, right? Some kiddos stop being able, like, they they are unable to dress themselves anymore, they, they can't shower themselves anymore, if they were able to do that. I mean, if this is the case, I would highly recommend getting a referral for occupational therapy and having somebody come to your home um, to, to teach you how to do these things so that as a caregiver, you're not then piling on something else on top of your list of a million things to do. You know, if you can, if someone can come in and teach you how to do something a little bit easier to help to help take the load off, then do it. Um, you know, every state is different, so I don't know how it would be for like for us. In California, we have early intervention. So, so birth to three, you go through the regional center, and with a cancer diagnosis, you will qualify. And so um, it's just making a call out and saying, hey, this is what my child is going through. I need somebody to come out and evaluate and do will do it. Um, if you have insurance, whether you have a PPO, HMO, Medi-Cal, and I'm speaking specifically about California. Um, there are clinics that will that will take your that your insurance. Um, if you're in California, reach out to me, I will find somewhere in your area, I will call and find somewhere. Um, but I don't want it to be on the back burner. I don't want you to put the therapies because they are important. And actually, family, a couple of weeks ago, I noticed uh on, on our one of the Facebook groups had asked a uh, regarding therapy said, Hey, my kiddo was referred to OT and PT. um, And I, I, I'm afraid of what's to come in the sense of if we're getting OTPT now, what's going to happen as we get farther into treatment, right? And I don't, you know, maybe for me, because I think of therapy as, as a resource, it's to help you, you and your child, Take advantage of it. If your if your oncologist is referring you to OT and PT, take it and run with it. You know any help that you can get is help, um, and so that's really the the whole point. And as I said earlier in the recording and in, in the beginning of the podcast, um, you don't want to wait where you then have to build back up from the bottom. If your child is experiencing difficulties with a specific situation, get help then. And don't wait too long because um, then it's just going to get harder down the line. And, you know, they might be done with treatment. And then you're going to have to start with, you know, the, the strengthening and all that stuff after treatment where you could have done it during treatment.
0: And I'm so glad that you said that because now in hindsight mm-hmm. that, you know, Ollie finished treatment two weeks ago. And And again, this is the emotional component to it because like we're, i'm I'm listening to you in with a clear mind, okay, we're done with treatment. What's next? Mm-hmm. But in the realm of being inside of treatment, I don't think that that was on my radar. My radar was what's the next clinic clinic appointment? What are the blood draws? when do where do we need to be? and what's the next week look like? Yes. not thinking more long term of I knew, yes, he's having trouble walking, but it, it it never really went to the next level. It was just like, oh, it's because of the medicine. Okay, we can't really do anything about it. And so I'm so happy that you're shedding light on this because I wish, and I know with my mom, she's gonna listen to this podcast, <laughs> but she, you know, multiple times has said like, okay, why don't you try this, try this? And I think I was so emotional, I was just, in it. And I was like, Yep, we're going to take care of that later. We'll take care of that later. Like, let me just get to this next milestone, this next milestone. And now that he's off treatment, and I can think more clearly and kind of like take a breath. Mm -hmm. And like, think, Okay, I don't have to put all this on myself. And I appreciate you saying that, because it's very easy for us caregivers to say, okay, I got to pile this on. And then I got to do this. And then I got to be, you know, the caretaker, and I got to be up at all hours. And, you know, self care goes out the window. And I just need to be a caregiver 24 seven. And that's not possible, no matter how hard you try. Nope. Because something's got to give at the end of the day.
1: And it's usually you, the caregiver, you're given away from you. And then you don't come back whole, right? when you're not whole, then everybody around you suffers. And in, in that sense, like, that's how I think about it. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of, I don't ever want you to feel guilty about not doing stuff while he was in treatment, only because, like, for me, it was, this is what I do day in and day out. So right. for me, it was very second nature to be like, right. Oh, she's having a hard time going up the stairs. Cool. Let's get PT on board, right? Because yeah. I know, even though I'm an OT, I knew that the PT could help better with their walking and strength, lower body strengthening, right? um and so i was like okay let me take her to the clinic that i'm that i used to work um i used to work at and i said hey, you guys i need your help we need to get several sessions in and we went through our insurance and we were there once a week for about 12 weeks and they helped tremendously and funny enough she now she now walks up the stairs you know one step at a time without holding on and she'll be like take a video of me and send it to miss melissa That's you know because awesome. she she remembers, you know, she's like, I know we were working on this, I want Miss Melissa to know that I'm doing it now. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it, like I said, it's easy for me, because this is this is my world, this therapy is my world. And so when I notice something, I'm like, Oh, yeah, this is what I can do to help that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess I want to tell your listeners too, and other caregivers, families going through this situation, if you notice something's off, Ask about it, ask your team about it, ask your social worker about it. And somebody will refer you somewhere, you know? And if they don't push it, I, for me, they didn't say anything about PT to me. I had to ask for the referral from our team. And they said, oh yeah, that's not a problem. We'll refer you, where do you wanna go, right? And I said, this is where I wanna go. They send the referral there. Um, So it doesn't hurt to ask, you know, if you're, don't, don't kind of chalk it up to, oh, it's just the side effect it'll go away. Yeah, sure. It might go away, but then again, you're going to have to build, you might have to build back up, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, if you notice something, just ask about it. And then there's more than likely somebody out there that can help with something. So that would be my suggestion.
0: Yeah. And, (laughs) Um, and, you know, I appreciate you saying like, don't feel bad about it because my background is in advertising and business. And then I changed careers and went into teaching. So mm-hmm. what I knew was, okay, like now that we're at a, well, we we're getting out of treatment. I thought, okay, I'm going to set up like a calendar area in the school and mm-hmm. in the room. So the great thing about being a parent is that you have a skill, you have some set of skills and you're going to just push that and help yeah. your child with what you already know. So, yeah. Don't feel bad about not knowing all of this stuff because there's absolutely no way. No. no. Way. And you and
1: you have to remember
0: you were just thrown into
1: this. Like in a split second, your entire life changes. And you're thrown into it and you start chemo the next day, right? You have no time to process any of it. And it's not like, okay, you have chemo now. We'll see you in a month. And I was talking specifically for our, you know, Ali and Emma's diagnosis. It's like, you're here, and then you're here every single week for the next eight months. And so, and then two years past that. So, you know, it's, um, you have to give yourself some grace and just, you know, I can do what I can do and I can manage what I can manage and everything else I will have to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And that's, I can't, I cannot be all, I cannot be, everything. And with you too especially like you have a newborn. And I I know the feeling because my son was 3 months old when Emma was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't even gone through the whole postpartum situation and then boom here we are. Yeah. So uh you know I wonder some days like how the heck did we make it? Like almost 2 years. I have no idea, but we're here, we're happy, we're smiling, we're living and That's really all I can think about, you know, Um, people would always say, you know, you're so strong, you're so strong. Yeah, sure. But I don't know any other way to be in the sense that if I break everybody else around me breaks, Mm -hmm. you know, and I couldn't do that. Um, And so yeah, I mean, we, we wake up and, you know, in the beginning, I know we were sometimes taking it hour by hour, it wasn't even day by day, it was, you have a fever now, cool, let's check you in an hour and hope and pray to God that it's not there so that we don't have to go to the hospital, you know, it's so it is hour by hour. And, um, and so that's why I say just, you know, as a caregiver, you just got to give yourself grace and do what you can and the things you can to you, you ask for help. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're any less of a caregiver or you're a bad caregiver. Absolutely not. So yeah, yeah.
0: if only you could look like closer to me and we could like always just hang out and drink some wine and I, just really chatting. you're the best. All right. Oh. So, so thanks so much for the tips about gross motor and fine motor skills and the sensory bin. Okay. Can we talk a little bit? Well, we did talk a little bit about eating, yeah. um, but I, um, I think you had on your Instagram page, you had a couple other, let me just check a couple other buckets that I really wanted oh, to yeah. talk about. Sure. Um, I just have to refresh my memory. You had vision, sensory, motor planning,
1: play. Um, which one would you want me to talk? So we talked about strengthening sensory ADLs, which is your activities of daily living,
0: Okay. Which
1: is self-feeding, showering, dressing, um, you know, everyday occupations, things you do in your day to get through your day.
0: Yeah,
1: um, We talked about handwriting a little bit, fine motor, um, vision. So I don't know specifically know. if any of the, um, if any of the medications affect vision. So we didn't experience any vision issues, um, but, you know, our, when our muscles get weak, we have to remember that there are muscles in our eyes. And so those muscles will most likely get weak as well. And so what will happen sometimes is, you know, you'll, you might see your child's eyes almost becoming cross-eyed because mm-hmm. the muscles are weak and they can't uh, prolong, they can't hold uh, looking at something for too long, yeah. they become cross-eyed, Right. Um, and then sometimes as they get older and they're, you know, and and I, I feel like my a lot of the things I'm saying are for five and unders because that's really my age group that I deal with, and that's okay. you know, my daughter's age. But um, sometimes kids start having a hard time reading or following a line, a lines when they're reading. It's and it's just because they're having a hard time tracking because their muscles and their eyes are weak and they can't focus. Um, with that, I would suggest uh, uh, speaking with a developmental optometrist. Um, and they'll do a whole assessment. And it's not, when we think of vision, it's not acuity. It's not like when they say, you know, you you have the 2020 vision or whatever, um, that's acuity. This is more of looking at the muscles in the eye and seeing how coordinated they are, how they work together, if they're working together. Um, Sometimes they might recommend glasses, they might recommend if one eye is stronger than the other eye, they might patch the stronger eye, Mm -hmm. to put more effort on the weaker eye so that the muscles get stronger. Um, And then sometimes they might recommend vision therapy for several sessions to help get the muscle stronger in the eye. So that's another thing to kind of consider um, vision.
0: What else? I have a question. So, I mean, we rely really heavily on the iPad and Mm -hmm. I, you know, we bring it to clinic or usually child life has the iPad. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of like, um, like different learning programs, how do you feel about them? Because I mean unless the child is really using like a stylus or something they're they're using their gross motor right their fingers to kind of fine around. motor yeah 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 their yeah. fine motor but um like are there any special like apps that you recommend or any certain programs that you know people that have an iPad or a Kindle might mm-hmm. be able to download
1: Sure. So I personally, I use ABC Mouse with Emma. We do too, so, yeah. he loves PBS Kids. They yeah. have some fun games on there. There's another one. Um, Kitty. Kitty No, Yes, I use that one too. There's another one called Kidopia. Oh, yeah. Kidopia. She loves that one and I really like it too. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it on my iPhone. I think it's on her iPad. Um, so she uses Kidopia a lot too and Um, There are a lot of fun games on there and it's educational and it's entertaining and engaging so she can stay with it for, you know, for an extended period of time and not go to her YouTube kids, which look, sometimes that's just what it is. It is what it is.
0: I was joking with my husband today. Like I was texting him at work. I'm like, can you just find a way to like start a YouTube channel with a bunch of monster oh. trucks? And I'll oh, just no. video. Totally discuss that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can just be a millionaire because yeah. I don't know how these people are able to like record these like crazy videos and like, like why do you yeah, do there's fun. Actually, there's a fun show
1: that Emma's been watching lately. It's called the fixies. Okay. Um, it and it's, yeah, it's kind of like pixies, but with the an F. Okay. And so pixies, they're little uh, they're little creatures and they go into electronics and they fix them. Oh, that's and cool. it's actually really cool because it talks about, you know, germs and you have to wash your hands with soap to get rid of the germs and how it talks about how different electronics work and how just things in the world work. And so it's very educational, even though it's very passive learning, right? They're just watching it and not necessarily engaging with it um but i i always listen to it when she's watching it and it's i really like that one so oh cool i'll have to check it out another video i would um i would suggest but as far as apps those are the ones that she's into
0: right now um what about for like the older kids because we have some listeners you know who have kids that are in middle school or high school. That one I'll have to get back to you. Um, there's, there's a cool one that I, she
1: likes actually, it's like a coloring one. It's like a color by number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's great because it's working on visual motor, visual perceptual skills. You're doing the fine motor cause it's, it's a very intricate picture. And so you have to really, um, touch a specific area on the screen for it to get that color. Um, but yeah, I can look up I could look up some uh, games for the older kiddos and, and let you know,
0: that would be wonderful. Yeah. And then that way, I can link it up um, in the show notes. And yeah, I can yeah, put perfect. it, you know, put some links on my website under mm-hmm. the resources section. Adit, thank you so much for your time and all your knowledge and I think we kind of covered at least high level because like I said, I feel like, you know, you and I could talk about this for three hours, Um, but there's so much, so much great information that you've provided us and. Pleasure. Yeah. And so every child is really, you know, different in terms of going through treatment and how they respond to their um, chemotherapy and their side effects. And thank you so much for being a resource and I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's
1: been my pleasure. I'm so glad we got to chat, and um, I I love to share the knowledge that I have. If it can help even one family, I I that makes me happy. Um, so if you even want to link my the Instagram page later, yes. you know in the show notes, um, it's Achieving Milestones Therapy. We're on Instagram, so you guys can um, like I said follow us and ask. Any questions you may have um, related to OT, related to, you know, chemo, you know, experiences, even if you want to just be like, hey, we are experiencing this. Do you experience this with your daughter? You know, just as another resource, I will be happy to answer. Um, and it was actually, I wanted to touch on one thing, too. Um, I know sometimes families have a hard time getting their kids to take medication too. So that's another thing that OT can help with, you know, like different strategies for us. uh, Crushing it and mixing it with one specific juice um, is what's worked. And, you know, sometimes when they're older, if the if the capsules are too chalky or the tablets are too chalky, crushing it up and getting the clear capsules and putting it in there, like the soft gels, that might help getting it down, um, you know, easier. Um, You know, uh, we were initially prescribed uh, liquid form. And I said, Yeah, the liquids not working, because she hates it. She hates the taste, she hates Mm -hmm. the smell, we're just we can't. So then they started giving us the tablet forms. So, um, you know, that's something else Like if you have
0: specific questions about that, I can help um, that's a great point. I mean, again, we were really lucky. We got, you know, Ali got, got prescribed liquid and we mix it with cherry syrup. We crushed the steroid, mix it with cherry syrup and, and he didn't like it, but we just did it. And same thing, you know, with the methotrexate, um, and we were really lucky. He, he's never had to take a pill, but yeah. it, it can be a real challenge. Um, yeah. I was listening, I was listening to another podcast, um, trying to think off the top of my head the wish kids podcast it's two um young adults and they started their own podcast and (laughs) they were yeah they were talking they had been their survivors Mm -hmm. um and they were talking about when a pill gets stuck in your throat and that is just that's the worst because you don't even, you, a, you don't want to be taking this and then b like when it's stuck in your throat, it's so uncomfortable and you don't want to take it again and you, you're hesitant. And so I'm glad that you, you know, touched upon that because obviously taking the treatments, they're not fun and they can be very anxiety inducing. And so if we can find ways that are a lot easier and lower the stress level, both for the child and for the adult, Mm-hmm. because there are a couple of times where I myself would get very anxious around Wednesday night, having to do the methotrexate. And, you know, it was just like this big production. And I'm like, you know what? And well, sure. we, exactly. Yeah, we're going to make it fun. Uh-huh. We're going to give it to the truck first and then give it to the teddy bear. And then, okay, you you tell me who to give it to and just make it like this run around the house thing. And it, who cares if it, it lasts 20 minutes, but it works. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes like,
1: yeah, we just got to do what we got to do. Like you said, even if it takes 20 minutes. Yeah, who cares? It
0: gets the gets the meds in, then you're done. You don't have to worry about it for another week. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, well, again, like so much for your time and listeners, please check out the show notes. And Adit, I will link up your um, Instagram on my resources page anybody that's listening, feel free to reach out to Adit directly, um, through the messenger on her achieving milestones therapy, Instagram. And I just, I'm, I'm really jazzed now. Like I feel like I am now even more so jazzed to look more into this OT and really, Kind of unpack it more because like I said, like I kind of pushed it to the side, trying to get through treatment and now we're done and Mm -hmm. Ollie's going to be going to school, preschool in the fall, five days a week. And so I don't, my worst fear would be that he would feel so frustrated at the, uh, during the fall where his self-esteem would start to crumble. And we, we have the whole summer to work on certain skills. So I really want to take advantage of it. And I just want to thank you for being a resource and really opening up this next chapter. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm
1: here with any questions you may have. Just shoot me a message or call me. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, Hi, Emma. How are Hi. you? I'm good. <laughs> hey, I heard that you're in kindergarten. You are? That's such a big year. Are you liking it? Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. have some nice friends in your class? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her name's Jackie. Jackie. Hi. I'm your mom's friend. Yeah. Jackie. Yes. Look. Oh no. How many teeth did you lose? I see two. One, two. Did and that big one up there. Yeah. Three. She's lost oh. three teeth already. No, no. now I'm gonna lose four. You have a wiggly one? Yeah. Which one? Oh, man. Whoa. <laughs> the Tooth Fairy loves big teeth. Wow. <laughs> That's so exciting. That's my bracelet, but my daddy, take it off. Oh, really? That looks like a really special bracelet. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for showing me. All right, my baby. Can you go hang out with daddy and brother? I'll be there soon, okay? Okay. All right, my Bye. Baby. Bye. Nice meeting you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Adit, she is a dog. <laughs> He's so sweet. Oh my gosh. That's so cute. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you got a lot of value from it. If something from this stuck with you, I would love to hear from you. Feel free to message me on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me your thoughts. Join the private all mama care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe hop on over to my website, allmommycare.com. All A-L-L, no periods, mama, M-A-M-M-A, care, C-A-R-E.com. There, you'll be able to check out some amazing resources to help your child and your family. Wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot, tag me and a couple friends. You never know, it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today, The light within me honors the light within you.